Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Career Anatomy Podcast. My name is Jeff Borup. And I'm Rebecca Clark. And our guest today is Jake Borup. Jake is a traveling salesman in Arizona and, frankly, around the nation. And it is my honor to welcome you on our show. Thanks for being here. Hey, I'm glad to be here. To be honest with you, it's a little late. I uh, found out you guys were doing the show last year, and every Monday morning I would call my agent and I would say, Hey, did Jeff and Becca call yet to schedule me on the show? Sure enough, he said no, maybe next week. But So I'm grateful to be here. By agent, do you mean wife? Yeah, Shay. I didn't mention any names, but... Well, so, it is. It's long overdue. We're glad you're here. I mean, you were, you were supposed to be, to be there early on to help us get started, and we're already blowing up now. You guys are killing it, and I am going to take you to the next level with Thanks. this podcast. So, we're getting that Jake Borup bump. <laughs> so, what do you do? What's a salesman? What kind of sales? We do a customer acquisition sell for AT&T, and AT&T is the one who purchased Directv. 95% of our sales are direct TV sales. So satellite TV sales, we do Dish Network, um, and direct TV is our, our main provider. Uh, but we also do internet sales and alarm security sales as well. But direct TV is where our bread and butter is made. So, and again, 90% of our sales are door to door through that channel. So, you know, when you see guys out with their clipboards and their collared shirts, you know, they're, they're out pounding the pavement. It's not so fun right now when it's 120 degrees, but so that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. We sell DirecTV uh, and AT&T products door to door. Do you like what you do? Yeah, I love it. I haven't had a ton of, you know, job opportunities to kind of say, oh, this one's was my favorite or this one was the worst. But overall, I've been doing this for almost four years now, and it's been the least amount of stress I've ever had, um, the best money for my lifestyle, the most fun and, and free time that we've been able to have. I love it. I, um, you know, it's it's not a glamorous job by any means. You're out knocking doors, but for the most part, I love it. It's a great job. So for the listeners who aren't seeing what we're seeing, I mean, you're kind of a beast. You're pretty tall and big. You could say that. That's for sure. Has that caused any problems for you, or you know, I, uh, you you would think, you how, would think a guy. You, I'm, I'm about six four, running about two fifteen right now. I'm bald head, beard. Um, I think the average person would look at me and say that I look pretty intimidating. So, yeah, I've, I've thought about that plenty of times. And, and the funny thing is is that most of the people that I work with are older people, you know, 50 to 75 years old. The younger demographic doesn't really care to pay for direct TV or pay for satellite TV. So the, most of our, our customers are, you know, what you consider the older generation. You know, me knocking on their door, and I don't usually wear a hat. Uh, knocking on the door saying, hey, I'm here to talk with you. Most people are hiding behind their door or very reluct- reluctant to answer the door. But it hasn't been, it really hasn't been an issue, at least that I've encountered uh, in my time. I'm sure there's been people who haven't answered the door, but I just haven't, you know, talked to them about it. So, Tell us about your background and how you got into sales. Yeah, well, after I got my master's from Harvard, I um, pursued, I'm just kidding with you, um, so it's, it's kind of a funny story and I'll try to give you a condensed version of it. But, um, growing up, I was, I played sports. I never really had time for jobs. Um, I was focused on playing baseball and football and basketball and in high school. I focused my, my sport of baseball and tetherball and yo-yo tetherball, and... yo-yo also champs and those as well. But, um, 
so yeah, I focused on baseball and was fortunate enough to get a college scholarship at ASU, played at ASU for a couple of years, got drafted by the Phillies. So my whole life, I pretty much knew baseball was my job. I played two seasons of minor league baseball and realized I needed out of that. And uh, it wasn't a lifestyle that I, I typically preferred. And uh, the money, obviously, for a minor league baseball player is just, it's pretty bad. So I retired in June of 2011, uh, right before my son Dawson was born. And I just came home and tried to pick up a quick job. Um, was doing some solar sales at the time, but didn't quite understand how sales worked, you know, fully commission. Um, so I got a job working for a commercial furniture company, and we would do like cubicles and, and desks and office furniture, basically what you're seeing right here for bigger companies. It was a tough job, but it taught me a lot about, you know, hard work. It taught me a lot about finding new customers, new opportunities. But the problem was it wasn't paying very well. I was 23, 24 at the time, didn't really know any better. I uh, was just kind of getting up and going to work and coming home and didn't really feel too much satisfaction. Felt like I was doing my job, but didn't really enjoy what I was doing. Well, I uh, met up with a buddy, and he was telling me, hey, I'm, I'm out knocking doors. And I'm like, that sounds awful. He's like, yeah, but I just made 2000 bucks this week. And at the time, I was making like 1300 every two weeks. And I'm like, BS, you're not making that money. No 23-year-old kid's making a $100,000 income. And he's like, yeah, I'm just selling satellite TV, going door to door and lowering people's bills. And I'm like, I'm going to meet you up on Saturday and you show me how to do this. So sure enough, I went with him in about two hours or three hours. He put in two satellite sales. And at the time we were making hundred bucks a deal. I'm like, you just made 200 bucks in three hours. That's pretty good. He's like, yeah. And I said, that didn't seem so hard. So I told him, I said, Hey, look, I can't like quit my job, but I want to learn more about this and go during my free time. I went and in my first kind of, I guess you would call it part time. I did three sales. So I made an extra 300 bucks. And then I'm like, man, I worked like five, six hours for this. So I really did go quit my job. I said, see you later. I'll talk to you guys. I don't want to work here anymore. And uh, my first full week, I, I put in seven deals. And then my second week, full week, I did 23. So I made literally almost twice as much money in one week than I did in my two-week paycheck working half the time. I mean, I, I probably worked 25, 30 hours a week selling satellite, uh, you know, in a typical 40-hour work week. And I made more money. So ever since then, you know, you kind of, I saw the opportunity, I saw what it was. And ever since then, even to this day, I've always said, until you can show me something better that's going to allow me to, to, you know, live the life that I want to with the free time with my kids, with my family, uh, as well, be able to provide financially for them, you know, I'm just going to keep doing this. So there's other opportunities we've been able to kind of grow the business and, and grow our little group. But, um, that's kind of how I stumbled on it was I just, you know, I didn't believe a kid and actually went out and tried it and found I was pretty decent at it. So 23 sales in a week, just yeah. crushing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because I don't even know that I've, I've had a week, I think up until this point, at that point I was just a sales rep and my, you know, my, my head was on fire kind of thing where I'm like, I'm going to go door to door banging them till my knuckles are bleeding. And, um, it was a fun week, taught me a lot, but I don't think that I've done 23 sales in a week since then, honestly. So, so what do you think you've learned like through the process of this job? Like, what are you doing different than you feel like when you first got into sales when you were young? I think the biggest thing for me is being able to understand. So my first sales job I had was you were on a draw. So you got money, they paid out against your commissions. And then ultimately at the end of the year, they take a look at what you were paid and what you owed and make a difference on that. So I was always getting money. And the problem was is that I knew that whether I worked or not, I was going to get that paycheck. 
Well, where this was is if I didn't work, I was not making any money. And at the time, I you know I had a, a wife and a, and a little boy, you know, and I needed to make money. What I realized was is you got to go out and you got to get ahead of the curve and stay ahead of the curve. Otherwise, if you don't, you're going to find yourself in a bad situation where you're almost desperate for you know work, desperate for money, and you look at going, I'm up against the A ball. I don't have a paycheck coming in. I don't have any sales coming in, so I got to get going. So for me, it's always been start early, start fast, and just kind of pace yourself throughout the week, and don't take any sales for granted because you never know when you're going to go through you know a sales dry spell. So I want to know two things. I want to know how you went about building your team, but before we get there, can you take us through a typical sale? What that would look like from start to finish? Yeah. So just for the sale, real quick, we go up, and a lot of times what we do is we, I will drive around the neighborhood that I, I've picked out. So I drive around, and, and the nice thing about satellite TV sales is you can see most of the time what people have. On the back of their house, they'll have either a big gray direct TV sa- or satellite, or they'll have a black Dish Network one, or they won't have any one at all, or they'll have an antenna, which I mean stay away from that house because they get free TV. They're not paying for any TV. Or they have Roku or Hulu or something else. But typically, I'll, I'll drive around the neighborhood. I'll take a look at what it is. And now I don't really, I don't really knock, or I don't really go door to door. I might go knock four or five, and I'll probably sell at least two or three of them. So I'll knock on the door and I'll say, "Hey, how's it going?" And they'll be like, "You know, I try to break the break the preoccupation because they're opening up, going, who is this big, big dude, beast, as you put it?'" And I was, "Hey, super sorry to bug you. I'm Jake. Um, I was just coming by to chat with you about your TV." Uh, we've talked to a lot of the neighbors in the area, and they said that bills are just going way up. What are you guys paying? And they're like, oh, you know, my bill's at 75 80 bucks. And I'm like, wow, that's that's actually pretty high. I don't know if you knew that. And they're like, yeah, it's gone way up. I've had, you know, dish for a couple of years, and the price just keeps going up. And then at that point, I just say, okay, how many TVs are you running in the home? Are you doing DVR? Are you watching HBO or any of the extra movie channels? And if I can find out where why their price is so high, which typically it's because they've been with their provider for a long period of time, then I just say, hey, look, there's a couple different things that we can do for you, but I'm pretty sure we could probably save you about 30, 40 bucks a month on your bill. Usually that sparks people's interest. Yeah, well, you know, this is too good to be true. Hey, look, I totally get it. That we set up a bunch of your neighbors. If you want to chat with them, you're more than welcome to. Here's the, here's what it's going to cost. It's not going to cost anything for install. It depends on their credit, kind of how they are when they qualify. But for the most part, you know, we don't charge. We charge maybe a $50 install fee for our technician. Uh, no cost to switch as long as they're out of contract. So it doesn't cost them any extra money to come over to direct or dish. So for the most part, I just try to get, you know, what they're using on TV, what they're watching. I've gone into people's homes where they're paying over 200, 300 bucks for their TV when their neighbor who I just set up, you know, five minutes ago is now running for 60 bucks a month, getting all the same channels that that other person has. So it's just the way that these bigger companies have kind of done things. They give you a good first year price. They give you, a, it goes up 20 bucks the second year, 30 bucks. And then every year after that, you're kind of subject to what they want to charge you. So even if we knock on people's door and we're like, hey, we've heard bills have gone up. A lot of your neighbors are frustrated with their price. They're like, oh, I've been paying 110 Okay, well, let's find out what that 110 is. Are you getting all these different features or are you just watching basic TV that you're only getting 75 extra channels? Because if you are, we could switch you over and get a, give you better service, new equipment, an upgrade basically that your provider won't give you without charging you a bunch of money. So in... The reality is, I always tell people, every two years, once your contract's up, you probably ought to take a look at a, at a different option because TV channels, whether it's coming from Direct, CenturyLink, Dish, Cox, they're all going to give you the same service in a sense. 
how did you jump from going door to door making that type of sale to actually building your own team? Um, yeah, you know, I think when you look at traditional business, when you have a, you know, the CEO, the VPs, the managers, the, the you know, the regular workers, I guess you call them, what I was doing when I was selling for the commercial furniture company, the go-getters, I basically looked at that opportunity and I said, hey, look, if I know what, what the top dollar is on, the, on a sale, I'm going to go and try to hire other guys to go out and, you know, essentially give them the same opportunity to go out and knock door to door. Um, it was great amongst kids that were in school, high school kids, even younger college kids, uh, because it would teach them a skill, face-to-face communication in today's world, which is lacking because most people just want to chat on their phone or send text messages where a face-to-face communication and face-to-face selling, I don't care whatever field, what, what field you choose to pursue, whether you're going to go be an attorney, whether you're going to go be a dentist, whether you're going to go be a bus driver, whatever it is, it's going to benefit you. So I just say, hey, look, this is what I'm doing. We'd love to have you come out and at least shadow me so you can see how relatively easy the sale is. And if you want to make an extra, you know, two to 500 bucks a week, depending upon how, how much you're willing to work, come out and work. I, you know, 20 hours a week part-time, you could do that. It would work great with sports schedules. And so I just told a couple friends about it. And ultimately, they're like, hey, I'll come do this part-time. I'll come work a little bit for you. And then just kind of started rubbing shoulders with different organizations, different people. And, you know, we, we found a, a good team. And everyone's kind of, you know, we have a culture in a sense that we say, hey, look, here's our expectations. I'm not asking you to work 60 hours a week, but don't come crying to me when your paycheck is what it is if you're not working, you're not producing. So for the most part, um, to answer your question, it was just simply uh, I knew what what the the money was in the long run of, of this opportunity. And I said, hey, look, if I can give a couple guys the opportunity, teach them how to go sell and allow them to kind of go and do the same thing, then great, mutually beneficial. Is it rewarding in a sense to help, like you're kind of helping people get a better like save money and get a better deal and be happier with. Absolutely. I think at the end of the day, if, if I can, if I can help somebody save money, that's, that's awesome. That ultimately is where we find the, the easiest customers. When the customers say, Hey, look, I'm spending 120, 150 bucks on my television. If you can help me. And we've had that. I'll tell guys, Hey, look, if you just went out and knocked 50 doors and, and, and people open up to you, they're going to say, I don't care what TV you have. If you can save me 30, 40 bucks a month, put it in right now. It is nice. I mean, I've, I've gone into people's homes that have had cocks or have had direct or not direct, but dish or something for, you know, 15 years. And they've been paying three times what we could offer them on that same price. Now I'm not trying to say that all I'm doing is basically saying, Hey, look, here's your options. And I always tell them, you don't have to do anything. I'm just letting you know, this is an option that a couple of your neighbors have taken advantage of and they're saving two, 300 bucks a year. Um, if you want to do it, I got a technician in the area that can get you done. You know, let's take a look at your schedule and when you guys can do it. But, you know, I always leave sales, especially when it's gone good. And I feel like, hey, we've we've really helped this person out. People have thanked me, given me food, dinner, cookies, drinks, whatever it is, because they feel like they've made a friend and they've gotten a good deal out of it. Those are the ones that we ultimately strive for, because then you can leave and go, I've had a great day at work. I just helped this customer. This this poor lady is now going to be able to, you know, fixed incomes when people are making two thousand dollars a month and their bills are nineteen hundred. And we can add another 50 onto their monthly. You know, they're they are thanking us on the way out. So, how about just the locations you've been to? We've been all over. I've sold California, Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, Colorado, Texas, Illinois, Iowa, lots of different states. Probably at least 10 or 12. But Oklahoma, different places, especially back where weather's a factor. 
you know, we would go to Oklahoma and we would knock on anybody, everyone's door and they would look at us like we were, you know, handing out free money. They're like, yeah, I've been paying this bill for forever. Why haven't you guys come and talked to me earlier? Why haven't you guys come and, why don't they call us and tell us about this deal? In Arizona, it gets knocked like crazy. I mean, you got alarms, pest control, solar. They get knocked all year round. You know, we knock on so many doors and people are just like, you're the 10th guy to knock on my door this week. Go away. But yeah, when you get out of Arizona, sales start to, start to go really well. We actually tried to go to New Mexico, go to El Paso, El Centro, California, different areas that we, you know, we can take a week and just go hit it hard and blitz. And we'll sell from 9 a.m. until 9 p.m. So. Should go to Nebraska. We should go to Nebraska. The problem is, is that you look at the opportunity, it'll cost me at least, what, 200 bucks at the minimum to get out there, which isn't a ton, but then you gotta bring the guys out, you gotta pay for gas, you gotta pay for hotels, so, I mean, you gotta have a certain number of sales basically to make it worth it. And we'd have to be there for like two weeks, and a lot of guys don't wanna leave for two weeks. There's different areas that will, you know, for summer, guys will go, that they can go, so, I have a guy that uh, he's from Ohio, and next year he's going to take a, a group of guys out to Ohio, which is a really good market for selling in the summer. AT&T market, which would be really good. Any interesting stories that stick out in your head? Probably the, the coolest one, as we're kind of coming up on the, the NBA Finals, uh, the Golden State Warriors just won the NBA Finals, and Andre Iguodala two years ago was the Finals MVP. And I was knocking in Springfield, Illinois, which is his hometown, and I have no idea. Knock on the guy's door. Um, guy comes out. He says, hey, what's up? Really friendly guy. I was telling him what I was doing. And he said, well, why don't you come on in and take a look at my stuff? And I'm like, great. I'd, I'd love to. So we go inside. And as I'm walking inside, I see a big African-American body, like right there. I didn't really think anything of it. When I walked in, I'm like, oh, because the dad was big. He's probably six foot, maybe 250 pounds, but just stout. Sure enough, he kept talking about his son, Dre. And, you know, my son, Dre, oh, where are you from? Arizona. My son went out, went to college out in Arizona. And I'm like, okay. And I'm looking at this picture going, I know who this guy is, but I can't remember, know who, you know, I can't figure it out. Well, then I finally figured out who it was. I'm like, is your son Andre Guadalla? And he's like, yeah, he's actually asleep 10 feet from you. I'm like, what? And, uh, he walks in, you know, sure enough, two weeks post NBA Finals, maybe less than that, M- NBA Finals MVP, the guy that just locked up LeBron basically in six games. And I'm sitting here chatting with him and, you know, he, I, I told him I went to ASU and he was a wildcat and we gave each other kind of a little bit back and forth, got a picture with him and chatted with him, but nice guy, talked about LeBron and Garden LeBron and stuff like that, so it was a cool story, but that, that would be kind of my most, you know, the my favorite story as far as selling goes, but I mean, there's been so many, so, you knock on people's doors, especially in these backwood places, and they're just wild, so I mean, it, we always have, that's kind of the fun part about these blitzes, we'll take five, six, ten guys out to a certain area, you know, we're in Cortez, Colorado, or someplace in Arizona even, we're knocking doors, even up in Payson. There's been people up there where we'll get back to the hotels at night and we'll have at least three or four guys that have had these wild stories about selling people or knocking doors, dogs getting, ch- you know, chasing them, people shooting at people, whatever it is. But we're just like, hey, look, we're just a TV guy. So lots of wild stories, man. You go into these different places and you're not going to come home without any, that's for sure. What are some common misconceptions about what you do? Well, there's plenty. And unfortunately, it's because the industry has. You know, I think it's it's easy to say it's a quick buck industry, kind of like you know people look at us almost like used car salesmen, especially with our our market or our, the people that we go out and sell to. A lot of them are considerably older, maybe retired people, and so I've gone into people's homes and they're like, "Yeah, I had this guy come by telling me he was selling roofs or doing roofing through insurance, and when I wasn't looking, he was shooting our roof with water guns and basically scamming these people into believing that their roof was leaking and then." 
or I've heard of solar water heaters, people ripping people off saying it's going to build their insurance and they get all their banking information. That's, you know, that's, that's the real delicate issue with what we do is because we, we get a lot of information that some guys could do damage with if it got in the hands of unethical salespeople. So I always stress to people, Hey, look, the customer is always right. Take care of the customer. Don't be that guy that's just looking to make quick money, especially as you're starting out, you might be able to, you know, there's certain ways that people can get scammed. If they're, you don't help them cancel their old account, then they're getting double bill from two companies where you don't tell them about the previous contract. They just got signed up four months ago and they still have 20 months left that they have to be responsible for, for nearly termination fee or something like that. But I've heard it all. I mean, that's the problem is you're going into people's houses. You can tell them whatever you want to tell them in order to get them to buy. And then ultimately you're getting their credit card, debit card information, banking information, routing numbers and stuff like that, social security numbers that you could really do damage with. So that would be my biggest probably thing that I run into on a daily basis. The other thing is, is that there's so many people out there knocking. I pride myself on teaching guys a really solid sales structure. From, t- from point A to point Z, it needs to be thorough. It needs to be done well. If it is, you're going to have that customer locked in for a long time. If you get in there and you're quick and you're just trying to make quick money, it's going to be bad. It's going to come look bad on us. Guys have done that before where they'll tell people, hey, you know, you can do this, you can do that. They can't. They end up getting billed for it. And just, there's lots of door knockers out there, so we run into a lot of issues with that too. How about the future of your industry and maybe television in general? Where do you see it going, and how how, you, how are you preparing to adapt? Yeah, that's a uh, you know AT&T is running their big you know a lot of it's going to streaming internet, which is right now it's not really that it's not really hurting us because one is your internet bandwidth and your capability for your internet is not there to be able to support a stream, especially for the group that we're selling to because most people are paying only 30, 40 bucks for their internet. You got to have a really, really high speed internet and no data cap pretty much for streaming. But the future, I think, you know, I I think eventually it will go to that. I think one of these bigger companies is going to come out with with something. Hey, if you have our cell phone, if you have our landline, we'll give you streaming or we'll give you internet for free and here's your television service. Whereas these cable companies, they're starting to realize that, that Cable is pretty much, you know, the landline telephone is not there much anymore. And they're only selling that as part of a bundle. Hey, you'll save money if you get our phone. And then cable TV cannot produce a a picture like a satellite TV can, uh, nor does it run very efficiently like a satellite TV does. So ultimately, cable is having to shift as well. So cable is kind of doing the shift right now that we will probably do in the next 10 to 15 years. I just haven't seen anybody perfect it. CenturyLink is trying to run something like right, like that right now, and it's it's garbage. Everyone that runs that has CenturyLink is a quick switch. But even CenturyLink is offering incentives to be with DirecTV, just because they know that their TV service is not you know what they're hoping for yet. So eventually, it, it something will happen. I don't know. My guess is streaming. It'll be some sort of uh, package that you pay for on a monthly on a monthly subscription, just like your cell phone. But yeah, I I would assume that internet has to get better. Satellite reception has to get better. And there has to be more bandwidth open and data needs, they need to figure out something with data as well. Because if you're streaming your, all of your TV and people are watching one to three hours of TV a day, I mean, you're going to run up, you're going to end your data quickly if you don't have some sort of unlimited data package. That's a lot of Handsmaid's Tale. Orange is the new black. <laughs> I mean, I know those are your faves, but. <laughs> is that your show? That's my jam. Yeah. I haven't watched anything. I watched it a couple years ago, but I haven't seen any of the new episodes, but. 
First season was great. <laughs> My show. Oh, yeah. Jeff doesn't watch shows. He's he too busy. No. He just Car- watches, like, Gilmar and cartoons. cartoons. Yeah. Do you feel lucky to be where you're at? I feel lucky, I think, in general, that I was maybe blessed with a skill set for sales that has been successful at what I do. And the reason I say that is because I've seen a lot of guys come into this industry and leave quickly because, one, they either don't feel like it's worth the effort or they don't have the skill set necessary to kind of – or the work ethic to be able to make this into a career. I do feel lucky. I mean, uh, take this past month, for example. You know, I was in San Diego. My wife and I, we went out to San Diego for a couple days. I come home. I take a quick blitz for four days with my sales team. And that sales blitz, well, basically, uh, in a sense, you know, I was able to take the next week off and go take my kids to California, which there's not a lot of people, I feel like, in America. Now, obviously, I'm sacrificing a few things that maybe other people have, better benefits, maybe your retirement packages and stuff like that, that, you know, we're trying to develop some sort of exit strategy like people have when they turn 55 or decide to retire. But um, That's more like 75. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, but yeah, I do feel lucky because I enjoy what I do. I really do enjoy what I do. I probably work 20 to 30 hours a week of true work and I make good enough money to be able to support my, me, my wife and our four kids and as well have some left over to be able to travel and do fun things. So I think every 22, 23 year old kid, when they start in the sales world, they have aspirations of making a million bucks about 10 to 30. Well, I'm 30 and unfortunately I don't have a million dollars. So I just kind of say, hey, look, I'm going to work hard enough to be able to to save up some money, uh, to be able to go and do and see my kids' events when I when I want to, and be able to have you know a decent lifestyle. So I do feel lucky in that I love my job, and if I need to, I can take time off to go do things that I want. So it's the dream. And I don't have a college degree. I don't have a master's degree. So you know, it's kind of a feast or famine thing with me and. Uh, fortunately, I feel like I'm I've I've I'm lucky in, in that sense. So it's great to have you here and hear your story. I've seen you grow up and to be the man you are, and you've always been an inspiration for me. And uh, I'm proud of you. Look at Jeff over here, gonna get all emotional on me. <laughs> Seeing his kid brother. It's too much it, hands made. To yeah. No, I, I appreciate it. You know, it's it's fun, and um, I like talking about this because I feel like. You know, it's it's my it's my my lifestyle, my livelihood, and uh, it's it's good. I think a lot of people out there. Next time you have somebody that's trying to knock on your door, hear them out. Obviously, if you get a bad feeling, then you know, be thorough in your sales reception. I guess double check what they're saying. But ultimately, I think most people who are showing up door to door are are doing it because they have something that they feel is beneficial. And those companies pay big money to have people go out and do what we do. So. But yeah, it is a misconception. I think that, you know, door-to-door salesman, he's, you know, kind of like a used car guy, which I get it. But at the same time, there's there's value in what some door-to-door people bring to you. So It's been our honor and pleasure to have Jake Bora. The pleasure was mine. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. podcast is produced by Still West Productions, and new episodes are released once a month for your listening pleasure. Show notes and ideas originate from our blog and 
links can be found on our website at www.careeranatomy.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the handle at Career Anatomy. The views expressed on this podcast are ours alone and are in no way an implicit nor direct reflection of the views of our employers. We hope our discussions motivate you to jumpstart your own career research and develop your own opinion on these professions and how to achieve success in your field. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time.